morning, church family. It is so good to see you this morning on our Thursday edition of our TNT devotional. <clears throat> My name is Cole, and I have the great honor and joy of serving as the 28 campus junior high pastor here at New Hope Church. Real quick, to my junior high parents, I love your kids. I do. I love your kids. It is such a joy of mine uh, just to be able to partner with you in helping your student uh, know Christ and make him known. Uh, and, and they make it so much fun. They are a wild crew, but I would not trade them for the world. They're awesome. Parents, you are awesome. And I'm thankful that I get to partner with you in helping your student know Christ uh, and make him known. Uh, church family, if you haven't already, I would love, love, love if you would go ahead and comment where you're watching from below. It is just such an encouragement to me and the rest of the team to see all the different places uh, that the gospel is being reached. <clears throat> uh, also, if you haven't already, I would, I would love to invite you to put any and all prayer requests in the chat. Um, we would absolutely love to pray for you. In this family of believers, you are not called to carry your burdens alone. You're not meant to carry your burdens alone. So if you have anything going on, please let us know. Uh, we would love to pray for you uh, in the chat. Now, uh, I want to say hello to some of the people we have going. I see Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. How we doing? Uh, what's going on, Carrie, Christy, Carolyn? Let's look over on Facebook. Chris, what's going on, man? Susan, so good to see you. Dolores, good to see you today. Awesome. Well, y'all, I'm glad you're here today, for real. Um, and real quick, just before, before I start, I had a couple things that uh, I'd like to share. Uh, first, we have life groups coming up soon, uh, and we're looking for brand new life group leaders. If you don't know what a life group is, is when a group of believers that are in the same season of life come together and do life together. And we're, we're, we are looking for new leaders for these groups. So if you are interested, uh, go to our website, newhopechurch.tv, and click on the Life Groups tab, and you will see some information there. Also, this weekend, uh, starting today on Thursday, we are having our week two of our new series, uh, A Place We've Never Been Before. We'd love for you to come and check us out uh, today at 7, and then on the weekend on Sunday at our 8.15, 9.45, and 11.15 services, and then right here on the iCampus. <clears throat> so, uh, church family, as you know, we've been going through the book of Proverbs together as a church family here in our TNT devotionals. Uh, Pastor Will did an awesome job on Tuesday breaking down Proverbs chapter 20, finishing up the, the Friendswood trifecta, which I thought was very funny, uh, Will. <laughs> um, and today, if you have your Bibles, I would love if you would turn uh, with me to Proverbs chapter 21. And again, that is Proverbs chapter 21. In this section of Proverbs, uh, the author here is, is taking the wisdom that was taught in the first nine chapters of Proverbs, and he's applying them to different situations, different uh, things that might happen in our lives. And I want to challenge you. As we read through the, the, these chapters together, I want you to take these words in this book and take these situations as a challenge. The author here is explaining just different applications of this wisdom that we have learned so far in this book. Let's take what we've learned so far together in this, in this devotional series and let's apply it. Rather than just hearing the word and leaving it there and, and not doing anything with it, let's hear the word, take it in, accept it, and apply it to our lives. Now, 
There is a, a lot of goodness. There's so much truth in Proverbs chapter 1 that I obviously could not say all the things that I would like to say about Proverbs <clears throat> 21. So what we're going to do is that we're going to be looking at what seems to be, uh, to me, just a few of the key things in Proverbs chapter 21. And in these verses, we're going to dive into two key things. And that's this idea of what is wrong and what is right. I think that this idea of wrong and right, uh, sometimes to, to a lot of people, including myself, uh, we can all get confused on this thing. Like, what, what is wrong? What is right? Uh, to a lot of people, I think those two are kind of subjective, right? Um, for example, say a kid takes a cookie from the cookie jar without asking, and uh, that was me. I used to take cookies all the time. Say a kid takes a cookie from a cookie jar um, without asking. One parent might discipline their kid because that's not something they think is right. That's not something that they're supposed to do. They have to ask before they can go get a cookie. But another parent uh, instead might not think it's a big deal. All right, whatever. You want a cookie? Go get a cookie. In fact, I'm getting one with you, kid. Right? So they might go get a cookie with their kid. Right? It's not a big deal. In this kind of crazy world that we live in as humans, as people who are broken and sinful, I think this concept of right and wrong uh, just seems to be one big gray area at times. And, and sadly, it's not always as simple as a kid taking a cookie from the cookie jar. <clears throat> and there are times where I think uh, that we as sinful people, we try to bring and pull in the goodness of God and the wisdom that is found in his word. We try to bring it into that gray area, right? People will take the word of God and the truth that is found in there, and because they don't like it or because they don't understand it, rather than live out the truth that is there in the word, they will twist it. They will mess with it. They will bring it into this gray area where everyone uh, can be happy, they can be comfortable, and they can be right in that season of life that they're in at that moment. And my friends, that is not right. Uh, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 2 says this. A person may think that their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. And there are times, uh, and I'm going to be honest with you here, that I have found myself in these gray areas. Right? There are times when, when I'll act in a way that I think is right, um, and, or maybe I just try to make myself think it's right. Um, but everybody who's around me tell me tell, told, told me that thing is wrong, right? And, and some of my friends on the NH student staff will tell you uh, that I have this tendency sometimes that whenever I'm being a little stubborn, maybe I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Um, if I think something is right, I'm going to dig my heels in and protect that thing and defend myself because I think I am right. And uh, it, it's funny, uh, <laughs> my friends will poke, poke at me and try to get me to admit that it's not right. And ultimately, I accept that, uh, that I'm in the wrong, and I move on from that, and I take that, and I grow from it, um, because I'm not right in my actions there. Um, but I think we find ourselves thinking, or trying to make ourselves believe that we are right at times. And I think sometimes, we might even look right from people looking on the outside, looking in. But I think we forget the second half of the verse. Um, and I'm going to read it again. A person may think that their own ways are right. And here's the second half. 
but the Lord weighs the heart. But the Lord weighs the heart. God weighs our hearts. He holds the hearts of every single man and every single woman on this earth. He holds the hearts in, in his hands and he judges every single one of them among the billions and countless, just countless reasons that the Lord judges our hearts. One of those, I believe, is because, one of those I know is because he knows our hearts better than we do. He knows us better than we do. And I can prove this in one question. Do you know how many hairs are on the top of your head? No, probably not. I do not. But scripture says that God does. God does. He knows our heart. He knows our heart. And in knowing us and knowing our heart, he also knows the motives behind our actions. He knows the motives behind their actions. Even though our actions might seem right, he gives the final judgment on our hearts. Right? He gives that final judgment. Something else that I want you to know from this verse, church family, is that God is right. Right? In the same way that he is good and how he is love, he is right. And this, his word teaches us to apply the wisdom that we have found and, and learned in this book so far, this book of Proverbs, so that we too may reflect his character and be right. <clears throat> and this is why it's so important to do that, to be right. Proverbs 21 verse 3 says this, To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Now that word sacrifice, it's referring to the rituals that the people of God had to do to stay in a right relationship with God back then, uh, before Jesus came, right? So some of those were sacrifices. There were all kinds of different offerings they would have to do. Uh, you might know they had to sacrifice lambs. Uh, <clears throat> There's just all these different kinds of rituals they'd have to do to stay in right relationship with God. But God says here that Doing right, being in a right relationship with him is more acceptable to him than these rituals. The heart here is more acceptable to him than these rituals. And uh, because of Jesus, we, we don't have to sacrifice. We don't have to do these, these offerings, some of these offerings that they used to do. But we have replaced them with certain things, right? To be in a right relationship with God, some of the things that we do is we come to church we pray to him, and we read our Bibles, right? And you can do those things. You can come to church, and you can pray, and you can read your Bibles, but I'm going to challenge you in this question. Is it genuine? Is it real? Is it right? Right? And, and there's a few ways, like these are a few ways that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. But let's check our hearts. Are we doing these things with a heart of obedient love? Right, that yearns to be righteous like our Father? Or is it just to say, I did that for the day? I read my Bible today, I'm good. But we read and the words just bounce off of our minds, go in, in one ear and out the other. Are we checking a box? One of these is right. 
One of these adds to our relationship with the Lord. One of, us gr- one of these grows the love that we have for the Lord, and the other adds nothing to our relationship with God. Moving forward, uh, I want to visit what I think Proverbs 21 shows as the fruits and the rewards for living a life of righteousness. <clears throat> one that is a coming to God with obedient love and one that is not. Starting with the latter, uh, we're going to take a look at Proverbs 21, verses 16 through 17. <clears throat> and uh, verse 16 says this, Whoever strays from the path of prudence comes to rest in the company of the dead. <clears throat> Whoever strays from the path of prudence comes to rest in the company of the dead. Have you ever gotten lost before? Now, I ask that because if I was being honest, I am absolutely terrible at directions. I'm not lying when I tell you. Every single time I get in the car, I turn on my GPS. It doesn't matter if I think I know where I'm going. Um, And sometimes, like, I do. I can get somewhere without my GPS. But most of the times, you tell me to go somewhere that's probably without up to 20-minute range, I'm clueless, and I will get us lost. Uh, I promise you. It's, it's funny, Pastor Carl noticed this. He noticed how bad I am with uh, directions. And whenever he rides with me, what he'll do is, it's so funny, he'll, he'll take this piece of paper and draw all the different rows of Houston and stuff like that. And it's like, it, it's confusing, right? Because I, no I have no idea what these roads are. And he'll pop quiz me on these things. All right, Cole, what road goes to X? What road goes to Y? Uh, one of his favorite questions to ask is, Cole, what road takes you to Corpus Christi? Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, that is 35. Carl, let me know in the chat if I'm right. <laughs> um, but, man, it's so easy to get lost. One of the last times that I drove Carl around, um, <laughs> we were on our way back uh, from, from a softball game, and we <laughs> I was taking him home, and I missed the turn to his house. He was like, Cole, weren't you supposed to turn there? And I was like, no, we can take the road up here. We can turn left and I'll get you home faster than I did than I would on that turn. Well, uh, what should have been a 9.30 arrival time uh, turned into around a 10.15 or a 10.30 arrival time because I decided to take us on a little field trip around Houston. Uh, Carl, you're welcome. (laughs) It's easy to get lost. Uh, Gosh, there's a a million and a half different ways uh, that people can go. And some of these ways, some of these roads that you can take, they look right. They look promising on that road, on that drive. There's a lot of ways that look like the way I'm supposed to go. (laughs) But it's easy to get lost. It's easy to get lost. And it's the same way with our spiritual lives. It is easy to get lost. But if you are not going the way of the righteous and applying God's wisdom to your life, coming to him in obedient love, you are always going to be lost. <clears throat> the word here for strays in, in verse 16, is it refers to someone who is a wanderer, who's, who's wandering around. And this is someone who's, who's gone off the path of righteousness. And this is someone who is lost. Um, and this, this person who is lost and and moved away from the path of righteousness. This is, it's someone who's tired. It's someone who, tired, who is tired, and, and they're searching for a place to rest their head. Right? They, they're searching for a place to rest, but it says that the only place they are going to rest 
is with the dead. And I think this shows us that the reward for someone who strays away from the path of righteousness is complete restlessness for their life. It is complete restlessness for their life. <clears throat> and moving on to verse 17, um, it says that whoever loves pleasure will become poor, and whoever loves wine and oil will never be rich. <laughs> we love to feel good. We'll take those roads, like we'll, we'll hop off the path of righteousness just so we can feel good. And oftentimes, uh, we don't care how much it costs, right? Uh, whatever we can do to feel good, we will make it happen, no, no matter what it is. If it feels good, we're going to do whatever we can to get it. Now, I think the Lord here in verse 17 shows us that those who live for that pleasure, right? And pleasure is not a bad thing. But those who live for pleasure, whose only desire is to feel good, will be poor. And I'm not talking about poor in a, as a, in a monetary or worldly way. I'm not talking about that. When it says poor, I believe it, it means that they are going to be in lack of the thing that they desire. They are going to be lack in the thing that they desire. Right? The reward for those who live a life that is not chasing righteousness is one that is going to be left feeling empty and unfulfilled. These two rewards for one who is off the path of righteousness is hard. For a person who's, who's living the life searching for fulfillment in a way that isn't godly, one that is not right, there's only going to be pain. It's only going to be pain. We've all felt pain before. It's not fun. We've all felt that lack of that thing that we desire most. We know that it brings trouble. That's all that is in store for those who chase a life of pleasure. Moving forward, let's, let's look at some of, the, some of the rewards for someone who's living a life that is righteous, one who is living a life of obedient love to the Father. Let's take a look at the good stuff. Proverbs 21, verse 20 says this. It says, The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but the fools gulp theirs down. <clears throat> now, what this is not saying is that um, those who are wise and follow the ways of God, living righteously, it's not saying that they're always going to have good things given to them. That's not what it's saying. Right, and, and reading this in comparison to verse 17, uh, we see that one is a man who is living for, for pleasures. Right? They're living for pleasure, they're living for what feels good, and they're consuming all that he has. But one man who is wise, who is righteous, living out of an obedient love for God, one is being prudent. He's thinking about the future, and he's storing things up so that he may not be in want of material things. And what I think is beautiful about this is that when you are living a life of righteousness, right, living a life that is right, chasing the things of God, you're going to have all that you need. You will have all that you need because those wants and those things, those are not your desires, Right? What you desire is a relationship with the Lord. It is a relationship with 
the Lord, it puts you in a position, I think, to, to, to love your neighbor better. All right, out of the abundance that you have, that you now have with this new desire of, of relationship with the Lord rather than stuff, you could give to your neighbor who might be in need. But, but the fool who consumes and chases pleasure, they're never going to have this opportunity. They're never, gonna have that, they're never going to have this opportunity to, to bless someone else because they consume and satisfy their stomach. They satisfy their own desires. Verse 21. <clears throat> Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Now, how beautiful is that? How good is that reward? If someone is actively pursuing righteousness, which means that every day you're coming to the Lord, again, out of an, out of an obedient love to learn from him, to look more like him, and, and to receive the love that he has to offer, and then later to give the love that he has to offer, that person who is pursuing righteousness, which is the character of God, will find life, will find prosperity and honor. Now, I want to clear something up here. When this scripture says prosperity, um, it's not talking about prosperity in terms of the world, right? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, we already, right, if you, if you are wise and if you are living a life of, of righteousness, you don't have that want. You don't have a want for earthly things, right? Money and earthly things, they're fine, they're good, but they're not, again, they're not the end-all, be-all. You are going to be provided all that you need. The prosperity that this is talking about is one that is much more sweet, one that is much more true. I think the author here is speaking of the prosperity of the Spirit, right? And putting it simply, if you pursue righteousness, one is going to find righteousness. If you pursue righteousness, you are going to find righteousness. And the things of God that are found in righteousness, right? His, his characteristics, his love, his goodness, his holiness, his mercy and his grace, and among endless other things, all of these things are so overwhelmingly satisfying that our souls are going to overflow with his goodness because being in him is all that we need. Being with God in relationship with him, it is all that we need. I've got one more for you, here for you, and it's in verse 22. It says this, it says, one who is wise can go up against the city of the mighty and pull down the stronghold in which they trust. Now, in verse 20, we see that someone who is wise has everything that they need, but we see this wise man going up against a city, right? And someone who's going up against a city is usually attacking it um, and trying to, to ransack it, to take all the stuff there because they want that stuff. But this wise man, again, has all that he needs, so it seems kind of out of place here. Um, and I think the meaning for this proverb in specific is better taken metaphorically. All right, we see this wise man who is secure and has all he needs. He is prosperous through wisdom and righteousness, through his relationship with God. 
Um, it's not by having an army or taking strongholds. Yet if he was to go take a stronghold, it says that the mighty would fall. I think this verse is telling us that one who is wise, who pursues a life of righteousness, of one who constantly comes to the Lord again in obedient love, they live a life of victory. One who is righteous lives a life of victory. As followers of Jesus, as people who press into him daily, coming to him with, through obedient love, pursuing righteousness and love that is found uh, in the beautiful story of Jesus' life, his death and his resurrection, in the story of the gospel, we are given victory. When we put our whole trust in that, when we put our whole hearts in that, we are given victory over sin, over death, over the things of the world that, that try to pull us away from the path of righteousness. We are given victory over that. Thank you, Jesus. We are given victory in the name of Jesus. Now, does that mean that life as a believer is easy? No, absolutely not. This life is not easy. If we are given victory over something, it means that there is a battle being fought. It means that there is a battle being fought. But through this true love, through this righteous love, this merciful and beautiful love, this story, the, we can see that the fruits of relationship with Jesus, with God, are so much more, so much better and then a life of a life that's lived off of the path of righteousness. It is so much more worth it to fight that battle and have victory in Jesus' name than to not. It is so worth it. Uh, church family, I've really enjoyed this time uh, praying or speaking with you and hopefully teaching you a couple of things. I want to pray for you real quick. Uh, Jesus, I love you so much. We, as a family, we love you so much. Lord, I pray that today, uh, that the words that were spoken, they were not my words, God, they were yours, that I f fell away, that, that you shined. Jesus, I ask that um, today, everyone here, that we become people who pursue righteousness, people who now know the fruits of a righteous life in God. I pray that we pursue that, that we come to you out of an obedient love to be more like you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for who you are, for what you did for us on the cross. God, I pray that you be with everyone here as we continue into this new year. We don't know what's coming, Lord, but we know this truth, that you are in control. So Jesus, I pray that we put our faith in you and that we trust in you. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Church family, I love you. I always enjoy this time with you guys. Um, I'll see you next time here on the TNT Devotional. See ya.